Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right, my friends. You've tuned in to Conservative Not Bitter Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. A pleasure to be here, as always. <clears throat> Although this this day actually has a bit of a uh, a bit of a bittersweet feel to it for me, and we'll talk about this on and off throughout the program. Um, like, there's lots. There is a lot I want to get to, but I want to start by saying this. Um, a year ago today, um, the truly the most inspirational, instrumental person towards um, for me to and the impact he had on me in this program, Rush Limbaugh, passed away on this date a year ago today. And I remember doing that show a year ago. And, um, you know, I, I know that for those of you that listen regularly and those of you that listen to Rush, there's, there's a bond and a connection. And it was, um, I think it was the hardest show I, I did. And so today we will be, uh, as we have, as we did last year, um, giving some hat tips to the great Rush Limbaugh. You'll hear some things, uh, for me today that maybe you would have heard on his program and is not to, you know, uh, steal his content is to really honor his, his memory. And so I just wanted to tell you that off of the top, um, instrumental, uh, truly in my opinion, in my humble opinion, when I look at what the landscape was like, the political landscape was, was like when, Rush Limbaugh took his program and syndicated it in 1988. Um, it is just remarkable to me what that man was able to accomplish. Truly remarkable. And I, I think about things like the, um, you know, the introduction of Fox News and was it was it 96? I, I late 90s, mid to late 90s for Fox News. Um, and now there's, you know, conservative, there, there's other voices. There's folks in the conservative blogosphere and uh, other other channels that aren't just echoing liberal talking points. There certainly are a lot of those. I don't mean to say that there are not. Um, but, but Rush was a trailblazer in that. And I, I kind of think that this country might, who knows where this country would have been without his... Uh, instrumental voice echoing across the fruited plain, as he would say, um, all those years. So we'll honor him. I might say some, have some other words um, to say about that at the end of the program. But I want to start today. I want to start today by um, continuing our conversation. It, it is in no, uh, in no small order, in no small way, does this stuff in Canada. With ha- that's happening with Trudeau and, uh, you know, authoritarianism, the tyrant. I mean, it's it is out of control. It it 
on the one hand, it's predictable, and I think we all saw this coming in a sense. Um, in another way, I think it is still shocking to see, shocking to see our neighbor to the north um, fall this far, or to have an authoritarian take it this far. In fact, yesterday, calling a Jewish member of parliament effectively a Nazi. I don't know how else to say it. I'm going to play the soundbite for you um, here in just a moment. Um, <laughs> I also want to share this. Well, let, let's. I don't. I, there's a lot I want to say about this, but let's let's go ahead and start. Let's start with this um, this conservative party uh, member. Her name is well. She's a Jewish. This is post millennials tweet. Jewish conservative MP Melissa Lantzman. She makes stands up and you know gives some remarks. And I want you. This is about a minute and a half. Trudeau responds. <laughs> Trudeau responds to this. And, and and as Trudeau is speaking, now I know I know some of you may be thinking, man, Todd, we're talking a lot about Canada, and I I want to tie all this in to get uh, through the program today. Because it's it's not just that. In fact, I was looking. I I need to do this more often. I was looking at our podcast data earlier, um, and we have. I didn't even do an exhaustive search, but we've, you know, we have listeners in like seventy more than seventy countries. Canada, by the way, follows the United States as the second largest group of listeners. Uh, that we that we have for the podcast. So, um, but I, I have some thoughts about this. Some of the, these principles, my friends, extend beyond borders. I don't care what specific type of government anywhere in the world has. Our rights and our freedoms, our liberties come from Almighty God. That's how we were created. This is a truth. And the sooner more people realize this, the better we're all going to be. This is a truth that cannot be it, – it can be you – know, people can try to deny it, but it cannot ultimately be denied because it is rooted in truth, philosophical, fundamental, uh, obvious truth for anyone who's fair-minded. Our rights come not from our government but from our God. And so when we see people around the world, I had a Canadian on Twitter. I think it was just there might have been a couple. I don't pay I don't pay attention. I just I don't. Um, I had a Canadian tell me to mind my my own business, um, and I'll, I'll get into that. I'll tie all this together. But let, let's let's start here. Let's start here with these remarks uh, by Melissa Lantzman, and let's listen to Trudeau's. Uh, Response. I, it's, inc- it's incredible. It reminds me of Biden, candidate, then candidate Biden, telling Charlemagne the God that you ain't black. Talking to Charlemagne and, of course, to um, the, the black listeners in Charlemagne's audience. You ain't black if you vote for Trump instead of him. I mean, it, it's, it's truly incredible, some of these things. That are that are being said and that folks are well trying to get away with. But I part of me thinks that perhaps in this instance, at more likely 
than at any other time <laughs> that I can remember. The gig real, really may be up. It may not be. It may not be. I want to be on the record to say I, I, there's just there's a tipping point here. And it's comments like this. It's an approach like this that truly isolates the insane positions of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. And I know of no other way to describe them other than to say authoritarian, totalitarian, dictatorial. I, I have no other way to adequately describe that. So let's listen to this exchange. Let's listen to this um, Jewish conservative Melissa Lantzman, and let's listen to Prime Minister Trudeau respond to this. It's it's astonishing. Just listen to this. Hopeful vision for public life isn't a naive dream. It could be a powerful force for change. If Canadians are to trust their government, their government needs to trust Canadians. Those are the words of the Prime Minister in 2015. These people, very often misogynistic, racist, women haters, science deniers, the fringe. Same Prime Minister six years later as he fans the flames of an unjustified national emergency. So, Mr. Speaker, when did the Prime Minister lose his way? When did it happen? Listen to the applause here. Honorable Prime Minister. The Prime Minister is going to respond. Here we go. Conservative Party members can stand with people who wave swastikas. They can stand with people who wave uh, the Confederate flag. We will choose to stand with Canadians who deserve to be able to get to their jobs, who be able to get their lives back. These illegal protests one or two headlines. And they will, Mr. Speaker. A couple people clapping back there, but that's it. So now she's going to respond to you. Because she's Jewish. I just want to remind the honourable members, including the honourable right honourable Prime Minister, to use words that are not inflammatory in the House. Uh That's for both sides. Uh Uh-oh. Justin Trudeau. The honourable member for Thornhill. Actually, I don't have here, I don't have the response, but but she, she, she stands back up here. I thought that was all in one clip. She stands back up and she points out that she's, she's Jewish. And he's saying... He, being Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, that she was, she is apparently, I guess, I, this this is what he's he's claiming that people who are involved with the Freedom Convoy, standing with the truckers, are basically the same thing the left calls us here in the United States: conservative people, Republicans. They'll say racist. They'll say anti-science, <laughs> science deniers. I think was the term he used. Um, they'll say. Um, well, he said standing with, with with swastikas. Standing with with swastikas. Now, keep in mind, yesterday I played I played a soundbite. I played a soundbite from Justin Trudeau when he was asked which country. I don't have it queued up here. I just I'm going to just summarize it because I actually I need to take a break here in a moment. But Justin Trudeau was asked several years ago. I think it was in 2013 which country he had the you know, had admiration for, and he answered China. <laughs> China, and he he spoke with just in, in affectionate terms, and almost in terms that um, indicated a tad bit of jealousy, because he said, you know, it's it's a it's a basic dictatorship, and they can turn their economy around, you know, because they they control everything, which of course is completely idiotic. That that is 
absolutely not how this works. That how that's how economies are managed in the minds of radical leftists, of communists. They think that they can manage things to the point uh, where there's basically complete utopia on on planet Earth. Of course, what they do is they do actually achieve this concept of equality, but it's not equality and prosperity. No, no, no. That is reserved, my friends, for the political elite, for the, the folks like Justin Trudeau in the case of Canada, like Joseph R. Biden and Kamala Harris and Chuck Schumer. <laughs> Dare I say Chuck U. Schumer <laughs> to, to, uh, per Rush Limbaugh. Um, and, and all the other ruling class individuals, or as Rush would say, the wizards of smart. And, you know, this is this cancer, this cancerous mindset, uh, yeah, mindset, worldview, ideology has spread, spread all over the world. It is, it is everywhere, and it has been fueled in part, not only because of COVID, but it's been fueled in part by COVID and the government's response to that. Some folks, I think, truly didn't know any better. Um, Some folks just naively thought the government could fix everything. Some folks, without any question whatsoever, look at what Project Veritas has just now uh, uncovered with an executive from the FDA who says that it's Biden's plan. He's not going to announce it yet, but it's his understanding that Biden is going to uh, announce vaccine requirements, annual vaccine requirements for COVID-19. Bring it, Joseph R. Biden. I don't think you still know what you're up against here, but nonetheless, um, this is is the mentality of, of the left. This is who they are. They are not good people. They within the group. I'm talking about the radical, godless left. There, there are people who get sucked into the rhetoric, the rank and file, who are persuaded by these nonsensical arguments because I think sometimes folks want to believe these things. They want to believe that utter fairness on planet Earth can be achieved by some policy. Or I'm just how stupid is that? I, I, in my mind, I think. If you can't even achieve it on the playground in elementary school, how in the world are you going to achieve it in a society? I mean, some people are bigger and faster and better looking and better at math, have a more entrepreneurial spirit. Some people are funnier. Some people are smarter, better at basketball. I mean, better at whatever, better at science. We're all different. This concept of equality is... Candidly, a little – now, I don't want to be taken out of context here. I, we should have equal treatment under the law, but the idea, the idea that we're all somehow measurably equal, how about we should just create a society that allows people, no matter what their beliefs, no matter what their talents, no matter what their ideology, that allows them the easiest pathway, the fewest obstacles to be their best. How about that? Instead of trying to tinker – with the outcomes, tinkering with the outcomes ultimately leads to the sort of nonsense and this out-of-control rhetoric where, it, like Justin Trudeau just did, where he, he accuses his political adversaries, his political opponents, of being I, Nazis, 
of being sexist, bigots, homophobes, all the traditional throwing the kitchen sink at them. And if you hear the response, this is Canada, which folks often, you know, there's a lot of uh, liberal tendencies there. But you listen to the response, you listen to the, the applause the anger at Justin Trudeau's comments. I, I don't think the guy still realizes just how much he has upset the, well, how about said the American people? The American people too, but the Canadian people. People have had enough of this all around the world. This is, to me, this is this is a an opportunity like we haven't had. And, and folks, the, the other side, the, the, the side of, of government control, of mandates, of control, of forcing people to vaccinate, whatever, the side that says to heck with your liberty, it's crumbling. I saw yesterday King County, which is Seattle, Seattle, Washington, here in a couple of weeks, March 1st, going to eliminate the proof of vaccination requirement to enter what bars and restaurants and gyms and all this. Now, on the one hand, you could say, how in the world did we get to that point anyway? But on the other hand, in the very liberal, very radically left city, county that's, that is home to Seattle, is now is now rescinding that. Why? Not even the leftists are in, in favor of this anymore. And that applies. that th- This issue crosses, this issue of, of government forcing people to vaccinate and, you know, forcing masks and all this. It's not popular with all sorts of people. It may be the one issue that brings people of different political ideologies together more um, than just not, maybe not anything, but just about anything on the political horizon right now. And they know that they're about, they, the radical left, the Democrat party know that they're about to take it on the chin in a big, big way come November. If they don't somehow try to rewrite history here and act like all the things that they've put us through the past Two years now didn't happen. That's what they're going to try to do. So, folks, quick time out, my friends. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Come back, my friends. Program brought to you in part by Indiana Geothermal. Indiana Geothermal provides geothermal systems for your home and business and this is something that you know depending upon your situation it may be something that you've considered or maybe you want to think about at some point indianageothermal.com to find out more on geothermal systems indianageothermal.com geothermal is cheaper than you think so i want by the way i should say as i come back to this program i'm holding here in my formerly nicotine stained fingers again and hat tip to rush i don't have formerly nicotine stained fingers but rush did and he used to say that uh, from time to time as he would hold articles that he would be reading or referencing uh, during various points of the program but i want to i want to share this with you um I, i mentioned earlier that i had a canadian Upset at me. I, mean, I whatever. I, I just I don't care. I truly do not care. Um, basically, hey, American, mind your own business. There might have been more than one. I just don't pay. I don't pay attention. Um, and I, I've got some thoughts on this because look, 
they are their own country, and I, I recognize that. Um, and if the people of Canada, I guess, decide to choose tyranny over liberty, there isn't much that I am going to be able to do about that. But I think it also should be clear, and I think the clearest way to state this in today's world, today's world, where people use phrases like this, is that liberty is a human right. Liberty is a human right. Liberty was granted, is granted to us by our creator, creator God. And it doesn't matter, folks, if we live in America, if we live in Canada, if we live in Iraq or Afghanistan or China or fill in the blank. It just doesn't, it does not matter where we live. It doesn't matter what we look like. It doesn't matter our cultural preferences or the way things specifically work in our particular part of the world. None of that, none of that, I mean, it matters. I'm not saying it doesn't matter in the sense of who cares. I just mean our right to liberty is not contingent on any of that. And I, I mentioned earlier in the program, and I, I really haven't done this before, um, but I thought as I was talking about this today that I would just mention there's over 70, and there's probably maybe more than 80. I don't even know. I didn't do an exhaustive list. But countries um, with listeners of, of this program, the podcast, and that, of course, includes America, that includes the UK, that includes Canada. Canada has the second most listeners of this program. But as I, as I looked at some of these, Australia, Brazil, Bahamas, Belgium, Dominican Republic, Democratic Republic of the Congo, Finland, France, Germany, Greece, Guatemala, Honduras, Hong Kong, Indonesia, India, Israel, Ireland, Italy, Japan, Latvia, Mexico, Morocco, Pakistan. That's one of the things I learned from Obama was how to properly say Pakistan. Thank you, President Obama, for that. Uh, Peru, the Philippines. I'm, I'm not even reading all these. Puerto Rico, Romania, Russia, Rwanda, Singapore, South Africa, South Korea, Taiwan. Don't tell China I mentioned Taiwan. Sweden, Switzerland, Trinidad and Tobago. Turkey, Uganda, Ukraine, Ukraine, which of course has been in the news lately, United Arab Emirates, Vietnam, Yemen, Colombia, Barbados, Kenya, Panama. The point is, the point is, all those places I just referenced and all the other, what is it, 100 and around 200 countries, I think I saw 195 around the world today, whatever, whatever the religious background, whatever the government setup, whatever the culture, whatever the color of the skin of the majority of people that live there, whatever the language, whatever, any of those things, there is a common denominator. And I will candidly never apologize for this. I will be a champion for freedom for people everywhere, everywhere at all times. And again, listeners in all 50 states in D.C., over 70, 75 countries around the world. Uh, and I, it makes no difference to me. Freedom is for, for everyone. Freedom is for everyone. If you want to know people who think 
that certain people shouldn't have the same privileges as them. Look no further than the ruling class, my friend, the political political ruling class, which is composed in today's world of a lot of radical radical leftists. They think that they have special privileges over everyone else. I think that is completely not true for any of us. They're the ones, my friends, who preach at you for what you drive and how many hamburgers you eat because of cow flatulence or whatever other nonsense, how many kids you have because you're creating global warming uh, polluters, I guess, because of the burping and diaper changing and driving a cars as they get older and all the stuff, the hamburgers that they eat and so forth. They're the ones, and they, they jet around on private jets, right? They're the ones that will tell you to wear, their ma- wear your mask, but they're the ones that will be pictured maskless, sans mask in front of a kindergarten class like Stacey Abrams, or maybe she was holding her breath like Garcetti. I don't know, but these folks... Again, have rules for thee, but not for me. Freedom is for everyone. And see, freedom is in direct opposition to people who think the way that these leftists think. It is as simple as that. They think they get to tell you what to do. Freedom says we all get to live our lives in accordance with our conscience with as minimal interference from government as as possible and necessary. That's why the founders established a limited government in this country. That's why they enumerated some but not all of our rights. That's why they gave the federal government specific responsibilities. That's why they broke it into three branches. They wanted a separation of powers. That's why they did all of this, was to protect the autonomy and the freedom of the individual. And this is what's under assault by the radical left, by the Justin Trudeau's, by the radical left who have taken over today's Democrat Party at the top, which again, I appeal to the rank and file Democrat listener today. Just because you voted Democrat and your parents did, it's not the Democrat Party of the 1960s. Kennedy would be completely disgusted. Martin Luther King Jr. would be completely appalled by the stuff that that, there's, that we're seeing today. This is not the same party. It is more closely associated with the ideologies that we openly and vociferously as a nation condemned universally in the 1950s and 60s and so forth. Now they're kissing kissing cousins in some instances with some of these radicals. And you can see with Trudeau in Canada, of course, he's acting like truly the beginning stages of how dictators and authoritarians behave. That's what we have happening in Canada around the world, in this country as well. And I love this trucker convoy because it's it may be the single catalyst that tips things back towards the individual and lovers of freedom. Friends, I got to take a time out. You're listening here to the Home of Conservative, Not Bitter Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. friends. So let's uh, maybe shift gears just a little bit here. Just a little bit here. I, did, I, I thought I should mention this. I alluded to this maybe at the end of last week. I, um, as you know, um, we talk about national, national issues from kind of a heartland perspective, right? I mean, we're in flyover country. 
Um, the leftists on both coasts think that we are idiot buffoons and that our part of the country is where the, um, well, just just a lower class of people live. Unless maybe Chicago, um, they'll, they'll think that that's kind of something special. Um, but, but really, they think in terms of New York, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Seattle, and they don't, they just, they have disdain for people in the middle of the country. People like me, people, a lot of people that uh, listen to this program, and some of those folks live in places. You may be a, a heartland kind of common sense American, traditional values American, who lives in these other places, but you know that your city is being run by people who are, I mean, prime candidates to be nominees in some Soviet republic. So anyway, but so we talk about national issues from a you know a heartland position, but there's one issue, and I alluded to this last, again last week, but here in, the, I say here, uh, I'm currently we're outside of New Orleans at the moment, Nolens, I guess, um, and we'll be here for a few more days before we head a little bit further west to San Antonio and so forth. But anyway, um, there's an issue in Indiana that um, is going well, that maybe become law. It's HB 1134. It is a bill pertaining to education that is designed to basically prevent teachers from teaching some of this radical stuff that we've seen captured on video in some cases or whatever um, being taught around the country. Critical race theory, some of these uh, extreme uh, gender positions and, and, and so forth and just undermining some of the, I don't know, the the... The things that parents are teaching their, their children. Critical race theory literally teaches children that if you're white, you're inherently racist. And America is an inherently racist country. And capitalism is inherently evil. And the whole ultimately ultimate drive of this is to is to get um, is to, to drive America through education to be more open and accepting of leftist policies. And you have to indoctrinate people because anybody with a lick of sense knows, knows that this stuff is absolute ludicrous and nonsense. But that's beside the point at the moment. There's a bill that, again, is designed, it's, it's trying to prevent that stuff from happening. Now, the Indiana State Teachers Association and, and teachers say that, hey, this bill, what it's trying to do is actually going to create a whole lot of problems for teachers. In fact, some of them saying teachers will quit in mass because um, the requirements are going to mean that teachers have to post, I think, I think their full uh, year's worth of lessons online for inspection and review. Um, and this is a lot of paperwork and red tape and, you know, all that sort of thing, which folks, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a guy. I'm a conservative with a talk radio show, right? And so I'm. I understand that. I I really wish that those same folks would be sympathetic to the rules and regulations and 
obstacles they put in way in the ways of uh, self-employed people, business owners, um, people that produce in this country, create jobs. I wish they would look at it as fairly as I'm trying to look at this um, for for them. So I certainly don't want to see an unnecessary amount of regulation. So, you know, there, there's two ends of the spectrum. Either, you know, the, the state micromanages teachers to the nth degree to where teachers can never get around to teaching. They're doing reports all day. Nobody, nobody wants that. But the other end of the spectrum is, no accountability whatsoever. And that's not reasonable either, especially when we have seen things around the country. We have. I've talked to teachers. I mean, I, we've, we've talked about critical race theory um, being probably the most, I don't know, the most uh, common issue that that we've seen recently that undermines the things that um, parents want to instill in their children. And by the way... It's a false choice to say you you either endorse critical race theory or you don't. You know we're, we're saying that our kids can't learn about slavery. That's not at all. That's that's a stupid argument. That is not anywhere close to the facts or reality. We all know about racism and slavery. Those of us that went through the public schools, as Rush would say, and we didn't have critical race theory, right? I mean, this is don't don't fall for this nonsense. But anyway. There is another side of the argument. I really want to hear it. So I've reached out. I'm telling you this because I don't know if they'll take me up on it or not. And I reached out to the Indiana State Teachers Association today specifically um, to a gentleman named Keith and invited him on the show. That's who I was directed to. Now, they probably don't realize the Indiana State Teachers Association just how rare of an opportunity they are getting. And here's my thing. If they really want to persuade then I think they'll come on here. I think if they're interested in just stirring their base and getting people fired up to hate this bill without having dialogue and a discussion, um, that that's what they'll do if they're not if they're not really interested in, in in coming to some conclusion between those two ends of the spectrum I pointed out. One being way too much requirement, the other being just trust your teacher and don't ask for anything. There's got to be something. That, that schools and parents can do um, to, to ensure that things are being run properly. And, and folks, if there's something in place, then great, then tell us. Tell us, and then maybe they should tell parents as well um, how they can already utilize the, the, the laws that are in place to make sure that they're not, their children are not being taught things like this. I'm, I'm all for any of this. I think this is a good, a good thing to have that conversation. So I, Heritage Support, supports this bill that means a lot to me i don't have i want to know some more information and i want to give these folks a platform the state teachers association and then i also talked with a message with senator john crane who's one of the ranking members on on the you know over education in the senate in the state so i thought we would do that have a discussion and kind of talk about that because it's specific to indiana but these sorts of things apply to people all over the country and so that's why I'm willing to take a look at this um, and, and discuss it. And I hope Keith or whoever from the Indiana State Teachers Association comes on this program. I really do. Keith, I'm calling on you to come on, explain the problems you have with HB 1134. But I'm going to press you. I'm not going to let you just have the talking points and the platitudes. They're not going to fly here. But I hope you come on. I would be a 
kind and peaceful conversation. We're conservative, not bitter. And I tell you what, if you want to get along, I guarantee that we will. So anyway, quick time out, my friends, listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So I mentioned earlier in the program, and I've been paying honor hat tips to the great Rush Limbaugh who passed away a year ago today. Rush had an incredible impact on me and what I do. I remember being introduced to him in 1999. I was um, working, believe it or not, as a farm manager on a standard bred horse farm. I would I would plan my day, quite literally, around listening to the great Rush Limbaugh from one to four. By the way, I got really bothered when I realized his show was actually on from uh, one to three. Uh, excuse me, noon to three. Um, we were an hour delayed at the time in Indianapolis. Anyway, um, it was a long of, of having listened to Rush that I realized it's it's what I what I wanted to do, and I studied. I studied him. He was a master of his craft. Um, I'm on record as saying this, and I still say it today. Um, everyone else was playing for second place. He was truly remarkable at what he did. He left a major impact on me. I never, I never met him. That sort of thing, <clears throat> um, you know, meeting meeting people like that. Um, yeah, I'm not someone who gets, I don't know, starstruck, but I, I, of all the people that I could have met, I wish that I had a chance. I wish that I had a chance to share with him um, the impact that he that he had on me because it's it's quite profound. And so it's that's the motivation for me um, is knowing the impact he had on me, knowing the connection and the bond that we created. I hope that we're able to do just a fraction. I hope we're able to do as, as much as he did, but even if it's just a fraction, to me, it's quite remarkable uh, because of the power of this medium and the connection that, that can be built between you and me, and it's truly an honor to sit here and to do this each and every day. So with that being said, I have to conclude the program by the ultimate hat tip to the great Rush, Rush Limbaugh, talent on loan from God. And, of course, that talent has been called home, my friends. Have a great day. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care.